With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here are your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast, Inside the Tour. I'm Nina Pantic, And I'm joined by my co-host, Irina Falcone. Hey, guys. In this episode, we have Shelby Rogers on as a guest. She is a former world number 48 ranked American from Charleston. She's been out for a year with a knee injury that required surgery. Her last ranking when she played at Indian Wells was number 78. She returns next week in Charleston at the Volvo Car Open. Let's get right into that chat with Shelby. All right, we have Shelby Rogers on. Thanks for joining us, Shelby. Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me today. All right, Shelby, you're back on the court. Irina told me you practiced with Venus Williams. How did that come together? Do you usually hit with her? And what's life like for you almost back on tour? Yeah, I'm so excited. I mean, I've worked almost a year now, you know, in physical therapy with my knee, and I've missed the game so much. It's been the longest year of my life, but at the same time, it's like coming up pretty quickly that... You know, I'm realizing I'm going to compete again pretty soon. So that's exciting. Um, I was contacted. Well, actually, my coach approached me. and was like, hey, do you want to practice with Venus Williams? I was like, um, yes, I absolutely <laughs> do. You don't say no to that. So we practiced a couple of days. She's so sweet. And she's just a really great person on and off the court. We had, you know, obviously a really good practice and a great hit. I mean, I think she missed like five balls the whole time. So um, it, it was a great experience. And I'm happy that we had that she's going you know out of town now but I'm happy that she gave me two days while she was in town and uh yeah it's it's um it was a cool experience so but like I said just happy to be back on court and training again no matter who's on the other side (laughs) so are you currently training and basing in Florida because I know Venus lives in Ballin Isles and uh Jupiter, Florida. So I just didn't know if you're calling that home now. Yeah. So, I mean, I've technically lived here since I was 18 when I moved down here to train with USCA and Boca. But now, you know, I have my own coach, Mark Lucero, and kind of my own program. So I'm living in Pompano Beach, Florida. Um, I just moved into a new place in December. So that's been exciting as well. But yes, this is my home. It's very exciting. I mean, both Arena and I are Florida kind of native so so we get it it's a good place to live what so what what the knee injury has been almost or over a year at this point what actually happened and what did you have to do and what did you have to undergo to to, to get surgery and all of that it's really kind of scary it is very scary so my last match was in Indian Wells last year so that's coming up on a year and I have always seen other athletes, tennis players and other sports, you know, talk about, oh, I had surgery. I've been injured. It's been this big comeback. And I never really quite understood what that meant. Right. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. What a strong athlete. You know, they were able to go through this and come back. But I didn't quite understand it until now having to go through it. I mean, I've never had a big injury before until this one. 
And it was much more difficult than I thought it would be just physically and mentally, um, just the whole process of it. So I am so thankful in a way that I got to go through that because I've learned a lot about myself and my game and just life in general, but it's been, it's been a challenge for sure. That's really inspiring stuff. I know that uh, it sucks for something so drastic, an event that severe to get us to that point. But um, I'm sorry you went through that. Uh, injuries are never fun for anyone. Um, and I know that the protected ranking is one of the really cool things about the WTA. Was that um, something that took a lot out of you? Was it a process that you had to learn a lot about? Or was it pretty, pretty easy? The special ranking system and how it works and everything like that? Yes. I mean, I knew how it worked. And it was nice that um, it just so happened that luck was on my side. I guess they changed the rule this year. So if you're out for a year, you can use it for more events than previously, which is a nice addition. I think it just gives you a little or like a better chance to, you know, come back in and get your ranking back and kind of start off where you left off. Um, because these girls are competitive. Like it's not easy to come back by any means, you know, and with the schedule now, I mean, every week you're starting, it's hard to pick a tournament to start back at because you know, you're just jumping right back into the fire, right? There's no like easing back into it. So, I mean, I've talked to a bunch of players that have been injured before and have come back. And I think, there's no real moment where you're 100% sure you're ready to play again. You just kind of have to, like I said, jump back in and do it and go for it. Was there any option to not have surgery? Everyone was talking about Andy Murray at the Australian Open, whether or not he's going to go and do the surgery. Was that an option with you to not have it? Or was it like you have to do this to get back on court or even to have a normal, healthy, you know, active lifestyle? Yeah. So I got a bunch of different opinions from doctors and I took right after Indian Wells, I took six weeks to try a non-surgical route because I mean, if I don't have to be cut, I don't want to, like I didn't want surgery. That's a really scary thing, especially coming from someone that's never had it. So I definitely gave it a shot, but it, it just was too damaged. Um, to be able to heal without surgery. But I think just trying it for that six weeks gave me peace of mind that, okay, I did everything I could. And now surgery is the only option here. Um, and so I'm thankful I did it because at this point being out for a year, what's another six weeks, right. Of just having that clarity and that sureness of, okay, I did everything I could. Um, okay. So you have been out for almost a year. Obviously there was a lot of rehab into that. Um, did you pick up any like new hobbies, new things that you enjoyed doing obviously cause you couldn't be on the court. <laughs> so I'm actually doing school through uh, Indiana University with the WJ program. And I, right when I had surgery, I was like, okay, I'm going to be injured. I'm going to have all this free time. Let's load up on some courses. So I took 19 hours in uh, last summer when I had surgery. And so that took a lot of my time. I've been really focusing on school, but I got a little bit burned out. I think I was a little ambitious with that. Um, but I've started playing piano a little bit again because I played when I was a kid. So trying to pick that back up. I mean, I've just had more time for like a normal life. You know what I mean? Compared to traveling every week and being on court practicing. Like I was non-weight bearing for quite a while. So I couldn't be on court and training so I got to, I've gotten to do some things that you wouldn't normally have time for and spend some more time with my family and my friends. And so I've really appreciated that aspect of it. 19 hours of school. Oh my gosh, that seems unbelievable. 
Holy cow. I did IU East and I can, I don't remember where there was double digits in hours. I just, I don't, but, um, good for you. I mean, I can imagine that you're burnt out now, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's really cool. A lot of people, um, can see that you were out for a year and they might see it like, oh my God, that sucks. But at the same time, like, I guess you took life by the horns in a way. Like, I know that you have a niece. You got to probably spend so much more time with her than you probably would have before. Um, being able to play the piano, that's just so cool. And, you know, the the fact that you're in school again, that just opens up so many opportunities. And I know that you were also doing some commentating, which is awesome. Yeah, I was. I had a great opportunity with Tennis Channel a few times, and I did. I worked at the U.S. Open, which was really cool. It was tough being there not playing, but just seeing a different side of the tournament and getting a different experience um, was was a great you know, thing to do and met some great people, learned a lot. And that's the thing I've really emphasized through this whole year is just trying to learn as much as I can and make it a situation that makes me happy. You know, it's very easy to be miserable when you look at it a certain way, but just changing your frame of mind and, you know, everything happens for a reason. I really do believe that. So if you, you have to make everything a positive and, and then you can enjoy it in one way or another. Otherwise, it's just going to be even tougher. On Tennis Channel, you were doing stuff at the U.S. Open. And then also in Charleston, you were really, really good. Like, you're kind of natural. <laughs> Thank you. Both, both kind of on your own on camera, which is super hard to do. And then also, you did some interviews and you also did comment. You kind of did it all. You got a taste for it all. What's your interest level in that kind of work? And did you approach them? Because they've had a lot of injured players on who then return and do great. So it's kind of a good a good omen, maybe. So it kind of started last year in Charleston. I mean, I'm there at the tournament not playing. And so, you know, we kind of, Tennis Channel and I spoke back and forth, thought we could do a fun little thing. Being from there, you know, being the local person, it could be, you know, kind of an interesting thing to do a behind the scenes. So we kind of started that way. And then it just progressed from there. I stayed in touch and they were nice enough to give me an opportunity at the U S open to actually do some, you know, match commentary and point by point stuff and tennis channel live, which was, um, probably my favorite out of everything, just the live show and interviewing players, that sort of thing. Cause you can show a little more personality. It's not so, you know, intense and, and dry and forehands and backhands kind of thing. You can put a little flair into it. And so that was a lot of fun, but their staff has been amazing and they were so helpful, you know, working with me and teaching me how to do certain things because I didn't really have any proper training. I mean, I've done media and interviews, but nothing like that. So, um, they were so helpful. And, and again, I learned so much about myself. I've never been that nervous. I swear as like going on court for big matches on big stadiums, nothing compares to, okay, three, two, one, here's this massive bright light and the camera's on you now. Like talk about the draw. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. what? <laughs> it's such a different level of nerves. I totally get what you're saying. I haven't even done anything live. Uh, but I totally get what you mean. There's this like, anxiety that comes over you because it's such a different, you're not used to it. And then to do it live as well, you've done, that's completely insane because, I mean, it's just one take, right? And you have to be on. Oh, yeah. If you mess up, you just got to keep going and pretend like nothing happened. And then the players would come up and you'd have to ask them questions. And the first thing I would tell everyone when they walked 
worked on set was how much more comfortable I am in their seat than my seat. I would much rather be answering the questions than asking them. It's so nerve wracking. Absolutely. It's, it's such a different world. I think, I think you're amazing. I think you did great. I think it's nice to have a different perspective and someone who's being more themselves than trying to be like a broadcaster. And then Bethany also did a little stamp tennis channel and she also had a knee injury. And I know you guys are pals. Did you get any inspiration or advice from players like her or, or anyone else on tour who's been injured? Was she specifically maybe her? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I mentioned before, I've talked to as many players as I can that have been injured. And Bethany was absolutely one of those players. We've, you know, we're pretty close. We've played Fed Cup together. We've hung out on tour and, you know, I know her family and everything. So she was super inspirational and at the same time, realistic about everything. Like, Hey, this is, you know, maybe what it's going to be like, you're going to be sore, you know, this is going to happen. So she, she was been great through the whole thing. And you know, I miss all of these players, seeing them every week on tour. So I'm excited to get back and kind of have a big reunion. But uh, I got to catch up on my tour gossip, too. You know, I've, I've missed out on everything. But, yeah, the players that have had previous injuries have been so helpful. And I think after going through this, I can see if someone were to approach me in the future about it, why they were so, you know, open and outspoken about it. Because it's definitely something you have to go through to learn about. You can't just, you know you can't just figure it out <laughs> beforehand. The tour gossip is really what keeps us going, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm so out of the loop. I'm going to come back the first week and be like, wait, what? Yeah, well, um, I'm, I'm sure that it's going to be fun catching up with all that stuff. So Volvo Car Open, that's going to be your first tournament back. Do you have an idea as to what tournaments you're going to be playing afterwards? So I think I'm going to go to Columbia after Charleston and play that. I'm still kind of finalizing my schedule, but that's definitely in uh, the plans. And it's it's a lot of um, kind of up in the air right now because it's like, I don't know how I'm going to feel when I come back and play. Yeah, I feel fit and I feel ready to play, but a match is a lot different than practice. As much as you try to make it like a match, it's going to be a lot different. So it's going right. to be a lot of trial and error, I think, coming back. But hopefully I'll figure it out and settle in. Well, I mean, it's, I recently saw that you were also training with uh, Lauren Davis and now Venus. So, I mean, clearly you're playing with, you know, players that are bringing it to you. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> Get my butt kicked in practice and then hopefully the match goes better. No. Um, yeah, Lauren's been great. Like I said, Venus was great. And I mean, I'm just trying to practice with as many high caliber players as I can to make it as realistic as possible um, and make a comeback in Charleston. So I'm so excited to go back there to my hometown and Bob Moran and Eleanor Adams. They're absolutely phenomenal with the tournament there. And I'm so thankful for a wild card. And for the opportunity to start somewhere with that much support around me, it'll be really cool. I saw that you were hitting, or at least on Instagram, that you were hitting all the way back in September. So you've really taken your time, or at least it seems like that from the outside looking in. Is that because you wanted to, I don't know, give yourself the best chance of hitting the ground running? Or is there some level of maybe worry and anxiety that you're not ready yet? Or, or what goes into and Because it, it's your first time being this injured. So what goes into figuring out, okay, like uh, Charleston, that's where I want to come back. April, you know, I mean, the schedule is a little bit limited during this time of year. You have, you know, Indian Wells, Miami, and then really not much until everyone goes to Europe. So I wanted some matches before I go to Europe. Ideally would have been a smaller tournament, but there's not many options on the schedule, to be honest. And I think uh, my team and I just agreed that starting back on clay made most sense. It's a little bit easier on the body and the joints. Um, so that's a nice positive thing. 
And I don't know, I think from the outside looking in on social media, maybe only the highlights are posted, right? So you see, okay, hitting, but you don't maybe see the setbacks or little glitches here and there along the way. Um, You know, the ups and downs of the comeback. I mean, I might be able, or whoever gets injured might be, okay, I can hit on court, but maybe the strength isn't there or this isn't there. You know, there's so many aspects and so many layers that go into physical therapy that I didn't realize. Like, okay, yeah, I can play, but am I really match ready? I don't know. So I've just kind of tried to make sure I'm 100% before coming back on court because that's the number one thing that anyone I've talked to that's been injured has told me is do not come back too soon. So is there any... I mean, you were, you've been ranked inside the top 100 most for the past few years. Is there any certain, I don't know, expectations or goals you have set for yourself, things that you want to achieve? Is it just being comfortable on court? How much do you think about the next year or so? I mean, I think about it a lot for sure, but there's a certain amount of gratitude for just being able to be back on court competing because for a little bit there, I, I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to play, you know? So I'm just excited to have the opportunity to give it another shot. And I'm going to try to keep that perspective for as long as I can. I don't know how long it will last. I'm sure the competitive side of me will catch up and want to win. But, I mean, I just have to be so thankful to be out there. And like I said, have that opportunity again. You on clay, I think you kind of like that surface, don't you? So I'm not surprised that you guys are starting on clay. Do you have any expectations um, of playing French Open? I know you've made quarters there in 2016. So I'm sure that place has a very special place in your heart. Yeah, I would love nothing more than to go back there and play and hopefully the cards fall right and, and I get a good hand and I can be back there this year. That's definitely a goal of mine. I think that would be a really cool thing Um, but like I said, you know, coming back is going to be a lot of trial and error and I just have to take it kind of one week at a time and see, see how it goes. Okay. So, um, obviously we've talked about some pretty deep and heavy stuff, including injuries and stuff like that. But, um, uh, before we got on the phone, I was talking to Nina about how there was a pretty epic Wikipedia posting about you back in the day. Um, and I just wanted to know if you could uh, just refresh my memory. I wasn't sure what kind of accident it was, but I just wanted to know if you could tell us a little bit about it. That's amazing that you bring that up still. Okay, so I don't even remember how many years ago that was. But at the time, it was one of my friends, but at the time I didn't know that. And so my Wikipedia page had said that I had lost some toes in a car accident and I credited my powerlifting for my comeback and I had 19 cats. I mean, it just listed all of this <laughs> random stuff, right? And it was actually hilarious. But the best part about it was that I actually had someone approach me and interview me about my Wikipedia page. I was like, oh my gosh, this is for real. Someone's actually asking me like how my rehab was when I lost my toes in this car accident. And I was, I just remember thinking how, you know, how much research had they actually done on me before doing this interview? Like they're looking at Wikipedia. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. That is amazing. I will have to send this link to my friend that actually did it because he will be... (laughs) I'll be really excited that it's still being brought up. I could have sworn it was either skydiving or a four-wheeler accident. So I'm glad you clarified that. But I mean, the details were unbelievable. It went, he spent a lot of time on it. I I was very happy reading it. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever read. I I don't think anybody has a better Wikipedia than this one. Yeah. Since, since then has been deleted, unfortunately, but maybe he can write another one and (laughs) 
<laughs> make it better. <laughs> I will say I was looking you up and I was like telling Nina about it. I was like, I can't remember if it was a skydiving accident. So I wrote a uh, Shelby Rogers skydiving accident and it actually said Wikipedia missing skydiving accident. So it showed that someone had retracted that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wikipedia is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I love it. I, I love it. I feel like, you know, it's a little bit of a, a sign that you've made it when you have a Wikipedia page. And if someone's taking the time to edit it, I mean, maybe that means you're you're famous, you know? Did you notice like a change in fans and following and attention, like a huge difference after that 2016 French Open run? Because that was, I mean, that was a huge deal. It was a massive breakthrough. Did, was, did, did life change or not really? In the moment, it for sure did change. I mean, everybody wanted to talk to me. Everybody wanted to know, you know, why this happened. What were you doing? What's different? Everybody wants to know the magic secret, which there isn't one. Unfortunately, the interviews were quite boring to their disappointment. But um, yeah, I mean, right away, I think it was different. But after that, not so much. I mean, it's I'm still the same person. I'm still the same tennis player. And you, you know, have this awesome breakthrough and get a lot of attention right away. But then the very next week, someone else is doing the same thing. So it's a very quick transition. You know, if you're not winning, they, you're not in the spotlight. So it's, it kind of goes week to week. Um, but it's a really cool thing and I'll always have that and I can always say I did it. So I guess in that aspect, you know, there, there's that, but yeah, pretty cool memories for sure. Definitely. And you get to be part of, um, I think it's called like the eight club or elite eight, elite eight. What does that mean? You just get credential for the rest of your life? The Yeah, like the final eight club. So if you make the quarterfinals or better, you're inducted into this. I'm going to make it sound really exclusive and awesome. You get inducted into this <laughs> club where you get, you know, you can have a badge for the rest of your life. And there are certain perks that are really cool. Um, but it's just another thing to, you know, that comes along with reaching the later rounds in a Grand Slam. And ideally, I would like to be a part of all four that would be cool that wouldn't be bad you know that you can go to any slam and i think you actually get an extra credential as well that's not bad so you've done the media side of tennis channel where you're interviewing players and you've kind of been part of that and then you just said after you had a big run and all the tension changed on you do you think you've learned anything about how you want to be with press or how you want the press to act with you like is there something that you wish was being asked or things that were different in terms of the media player relationship? I'm always curious, like what people think after they've done the other side. That's a great question. See, this is what I like. I like good questions. I like different questions. And I think I realized that because I would get good feedback when I would ask questions that you don't hear every day. Right. So something that you can kind of pull out of the player and it's not just a, oh, yeah, I played well today. This is how the match went, blah, blah, blah. It's something unique. And I think I prefer questions like that as well. Um, not necessarily difficult questions that are kind of manipulative, but just something interesting, right? Something that not everybody will know or hear about consistently. Exactly. But that's kind of a challenge because a lot of times interviewers have to ask you these boring stuff because the story is about who you play next and that drives me insane when everyone when the player when a reporter asks about the next match and the players will always say it's going to be tough it drives me absolutely insane so I love that you I mean I totally can see how asking more interesting questions is more fun but sometimes it's scary because you're going to ask something weird and they're like 
what? <laughs> That's a balance. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I, I understand where, and a lot of the times the players don't want to elaborate on answers, you know, and they just kind of give you, that was a challenge as well. When you ask a really good question, then you just get a one word answer. And then it's a wasted question. <laughs> you thought about this for so long. I'm like, okay, well, thanks for nothing. Exactly. It like brings you back to earth. You're like, oh. Yeah. Okay. So I would say that was definitely a challenge when you didn't get a lot of content from the player. Um, but I always try when I'm interviewing, you know, to bring some sort of personality or some sort of content for someone to use. But I mean, you know, sometimes are challenge more challenging than others. <laughs> After a tough loss, you don't really want to talk a lot. I get it. So you're about to go back on the tour. Um, it must be pretty exciting. What would you say is the one thing that you miss most about it? For lack of a less cliche answer. I mean, just the competing, you know, being on court and hearing the fans cheering for you and, you know, winning those tough points during the match or coming back from a breakdown, you know, these scenarios in front of a crowd are, you just can't recreate that. And the feeling that adrenaline feeling right before you walk on the court. I mean, those moments are definitely the the biggest thing that I've missed um, other than just seeing all of my friends on tour, you know. But definitely the uh, just the arena aspect of it. I'm looking forward to having you back on tour and seeing you, especially in Charleston, which I don't know if I'm going to go to that tournament, but I've always wanted to because it's so awesome and it has such a cool culture, the Southern charm. It's a fun place to be. And I think it'll be a good place to have a lot of home support for you, especially. So um, I think we can end on that note of, of people looking to watch you in Charleston at the Volvo Car Open. Yeah, I like I said, I'm so excited to go back home. I'll get to see my family and my friends and everybody can come out and watch my matches. I mean, win or lose, I'm just excited to be back on court again. And like I said, the opportunity to compete again because I've missed it so much. And I I keep replaying this first moment when I walk on the court in my mind, how I want to handle that, how it's going to be, because it's going to be a really emotional moment, I think. But I am ready to embrace that and be home and back on the tennis court. You got this. It will be. Yeah, you got. Yeah, exactly. You got this. It'll be fun to, to see you back. I'm, um, we're looking forward to it. And I know you are. And thank you so much for joining us on the Inside the Tour podcast. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. It was great to talk to you guys. This has been the Inside the Tour podcast on Tennis.com. I've been Nina Pantic. And I've been Nirena Falcone. Thanks for listening. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.